listening to Teacher Talk Tuesdays with Dr. Yvonne, author of Look Who's Talking and countless other educational materials. This podcast is a safe place for teachers to share their incredible stories, struggles, and triumphs. The educational system as we know it has changed, but no worries, Dr. Yvonne is here to help. Now, here's your host, Dr. Yvonne. Hello, 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 hello. It's your girl, Dr. Yvonne. I am here oh, with another live teacher talk Tuesday. And today I just want to talk about the real deal. What's going on with my YouTube? Not showing. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I want to talk about the real deal and what, what's going on and what we're doing right now in school and how things are going. Um, okay, it's live. All right, it finally came in. All right, so what I want to talk about is the real deal and keeping it real. Uh, I actually had a chance to actually speak to a parent, <laughs> Ooh, a, a parent today about what was going on and um how they were feeling about the education and actually it wasn't even about me talking to them about how they felt about the educational system basically they came to me all right trying to do some things make this work all right there we go that was looking funny um but they actually came to me and they called me and I normally don't talk to parents after hours, but usually parents, when they're congenually concerned and they call me, I'll talk and I keep it real. Like I'm saying the real deal, the real deal to talk about what's really going on, what's really happening. And she was just concerned about her daughter and her lack of wanting to be able to read or write or do whatever it is that she needed to do. And she said she was having her right. Because, you know, I did a TikTok on with parents and told them, if you want to know what your students are doing, if you want to see how they're writing, ask them to write, write something for you, excuse me, when they get home and see for yourself what they're doing. So she actually did it. And I can see better without these. She actually did it and had her daughter to write a story. She just had to write a paragraph and told her, write the paragraph and bring it to me and I'll check it. And she told her, you know, okay, now go back and fix the errors and do the punctuation. She said she didn't have any set, no any periods, anything at the end of the sentences. The capital letters weren't there. And she was like, why did you, why are you not doing this? And you don't know how to do this. You should know how to do this. And she said she was really frustrated. And when I talked to her, I was like, you know, I was frustrated too, because I thought they should know at this stage of the game, by this grade, they should know how to do that, right? And that's what she said she thought, because she said when she was in third, fourth grade, these were things that she knew how to do. But she said, I can't even help my child because she doesn't know how to do this. And I don't know where to begin to help her and to show her how. And this is what I'm talking about when I say they have taken, the educational system has taken English and, and language arts out of the curriculum and fused it with reading. 
and writing. Our kids are not getting it. They don't know how to write. They don't understand what it is they need to write. They don't know how to form a sentence. The structure is not there. And a lot of it is because they're struggling with reading. So how do you expect them to learn the English language and understand the writing process and how those sentences go just by reading it, it's not going to help. It's not going to sink in for them to get it. And we have to understand and realize that it's not going to sink in. But people are not understanding that and they're not realizing that and they're not even trying to make concessions for those students who are struggling in that area. And it's sad. It's really sad to see our students struggling and it's not their fault. They're not to blame because they were never taught. Just like when, you know, she said she felt bad and she felt like she wasn't doing what she needed to do as a parent when she found out that they had to do writing on the stars. She said, I always thought that was a separate test. Well, it was, but now it's a part of the same test. And she said she didn't know. And when she downloaded the stuff for her to practice, she didn't have the writing piece. So she didn't get to practice that with her. She said she was looking for a writing prompt, but there wasn't one because it's never been a part of STAR. This was the first year for that. And a lot of people were really stumped by it. I'm just hoping and praying that we did enough to make sure that our students were able to successfully pass that portion of the test because it was literally thrown in there at us like three weeks before the STAR test that we had to teach them um, this concept and this process. Well, we should have been teaching writing from day one. Writing should have been something that they were progressing with. You start with a paragraph, build to another paragraph, and by the time you get to Christmas, they should be doing a five-paragraph essay or at least a beginning, a middle, and an end where they have a story where it can make sense and they can put that together. But we're not doing that anymore. So it was like cram, cram, rush, rush to try to get these kids to be able to put this together to create a five-paragraph essay and master it. You can't master that in, in less than three weeks. It's not possible. So we have to understand and we have to be a little bit more patient with our students because they're not getting the things that we got when we were growing up. Now, this mother was a young mother. She was 35. And she was really, you know, frustrated because she just realized her child didn't know it. It wasn't that she, she, and she was trying to figure out, well, why doesn't she know it? She should know this. Because she said she had a nephew in another school in the same district in third grade who knew this stuff, but her daughter doesn't know it. So is it the school? Is there equity across the district? Is everyone really learning the same thing? which is what we're supposed to be doing, which is what I was told, what I was instructed, that when we're doing our lesson plans, that every fourth grader is learning the same thing across the board. Well, if you have a third grader across the, across the way that's learning more than your fourth grader, when they get into fourth grade, they're gonna know more than your fourth grader who is now a fifth grader. So is it really the same thing being taught across the board for fourth grade? If you have third graders who are learning things that fourth graders should know and they don't know, did we drop the ball somewhere? So is there equity in all of the schools within the district? Because if, if there is, 
then that third grader shouldn't be ahead of the fourth grader. Am I right? Uh, hey, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm right. If we're doing what we say we're doing, if that equity is really there and everyone is being taught the same thing across the district at the same grade level, there shouldn't be third graders learning and knowing more than fourth graders in the same district if we're being do if we're doing the same thing across the board. So that parent had a concern and so did I, you know, cause I'm like, what are we doing? Cause I truly believe that we need to go back to the basics, writing, reading and arithmetic and spelling. I really hate that they took spelling out because they don't, they don't care about how the children spell. They don't care if they spell it right. They don't care, you know, what it looks like. If we can figure out what you're trying to say, it's okay. But we're setting our kids up for failure when they get to those higher grades and they don't know how to spell and write. Here's my kitty. She is always with me when I do a live. Say hi to the people, kitty. Say hi. You on camera. Oh, she's so spoiled. But um, <laughs> so we have to make sure that we're doing what we need to. So if we send kids to summer school, are they really learning any more than what they would have learned in school? If you didn't teach them everything they needed to know, what's the point if you've already taught them everything they needed to know and they didn't get it, what are we doing in, in summer school? What's being taught in summer school? Is it gonna be anything different? How are you gonna make sure that they learn it now? Because it's summer school. We have to think about these things. Are we wasting people's time? Why weren't we doing those things during the school year? to keep them from having to go to summer school. I mean, true, there are some kids who, you know, who struggle, period, who are going to struggle. And yes, we have to make accommodations for those, but it shouldn't be a whole grade level. It shouldn't be a whole class. It shouldn't be everyone in that grade level that's struggling in that area if everyone is being given the same thing across the district. Does that make sense? I hope I'm making sense to people. I hope this is making sense to you all because it really, we really need to understand how it is that our fourth graders are not getting what they need to move forward. Because like I said, I taught middle school for 18 years. And my whole thing is I wanted to come down to the lower levels to find out where the gap was and what were students missing and why were, why were, what were they getting so they could be at grade level when they got to middle school. And now I'm in elementary school and students are still not getting what they need to be ready for the next level in, in elementary school. So it's like a, a catch 22. You win some, you lose some, throw it in and see what happens. I don't know. But our students are getting the, the bad end of the stick because I really believe we need to go back to teaching, reading, writing, uh, and arithmetic, the basics, the basics. Social studies and science, yes, that's wonderful. You need that, but I'm just saying, instead of lumping everything into ELAR and English, uh, English language, ELAR, and English language arts and reading, the, had a brain fart. English, language arts, and reading, we lump it all into one thing, but all of those components are not being taught. 
all of those components are not being hit as hard as the reading portion. But we have to understand that in order to read, you have to be able to know the words. And you learn that through writing, vocabulary, spelling. You know, whatever happened to the, the time where the, the thousand words that a kindergartner needed to know. I was a reading coach for a year in Illinois. I was a reading coach and I would go in and I would do the reading test to see, um, and, and I did it for every student in every grade. Second through fifth grade, I did it. There was a reading test, a word test that they had to read, sight words, the sight words that all kids needed to know. There was a set for kindergarten through sixth grade. And all of those students had those words and they had to know them. They had to study them by the time they got out of the end of their grade level. When I did the spelling bee, it was very important because they had words based on their grade level. These are all the words that a, a, a sixth grader should know. And all of those words basically were the sixth grade words, the fifth grade, fourth grade, third grade, second grade, first grade, and kindergarten words. You should know all of those words by the time you get to the next grade level, if you're mastering the word list that you have in the previous grade. There's no way you should have sixth graders that do not know how to spell the, or that, or they, or them, or their the three different types of there. There's no way you should have the fourth, fifth, and sixth graders not knowing how to spell these words. I still have kids who don't know how to spell water. They don't know how to spell rock. They don't know how to spell said. How is that possible? If we're doing what we're supposed to do, I'm just keeping it real. Somebody dropped the ball somewhere for these babies not to know the basic words that they should know by the time they're in fourth grade. I don't see those lists anymore. They used to, I had them in the, on the wall in my middle school. So why don't they have them in the, on the wall in the elementary school? Why don't they have a list of the thousand words that you should know, the thousand sight words that you should know as a, as a fourth grader? Those should be on the wall. Those should be tested. Those should be skills that they should be being um, held accountable for. Because if you don't even know the basic words to use in fourth grade, how are you forming sentences? What words are you using? You can't even use basic words to spell words. Because you don't know them. Those basic words that you need to create a sentence, you don't know them. Not understanding that a proper noun has to be capitalized a specific uh, person, place, or thing, the name of a specific person, place, or thing that you don't know that needs to be capitalized. Another thing I noticed with fourth grade is they don't know abbreviations. When are we teaching that? I mean, because I could have sworn that by the time my kids were in fifth grade, they were using abbreviations. I was doing DOL where they had to know how to correct abbreviations, knowing what the abbreviation was for doctor, knowing what the abbreviation was for Mr. or Mrs. or Miss. The abbreviation for captain, the abbreviations for our states. They don't know them. That should be taught in social studies, but we don't teach social studies. It's a byproduct of what they need to know, even though, according to the STAR test and what they use for STAR, 
the reading passages come from the social studies and the science curriculum. So if you're not teaching them the social studies and science curriculum, when they get to star test and they're reading those stories, they don't have a clue as to what they're talking about and they don't understand the verbiage. They don't understand the words being used in it because you haven't taught it. You've been just pulling out stories, pulling out articles. You have your basal readers, you have your stories, you have this in a novel, you have a section of things that you want to talk about, memoirs. Then we're talking about fiction and nonfiction. You're just randomly pulling stories for them to read that have absolutely no connection to anything that they're doing. However, the reading from, from social studies and science are the things that you need to be using in your reading classes because those are the things that they're gonna have to be able to dissect and analyze and synthesize and create and come up with context clues to be able to understand the words that are underlined or the bold words that are being used in the social studies and science lessons. If we're not teaching these things, they're not gonna be able to do it when it comes time to take a test. We teach to the test so much, but we don't teach what we need to teach to the test. Because if we were actually teaching to the test, we will be teaching them using social studies and science articles and stories in reading. So they could be better prepared for the test to be able to understand and recognize the genre and the, the what do I want to say? Um, oh my God. The, the author's purpose and what's being said in the articles or the stories that are being written. It's history. It's nonfiction. So why are we spending so much time on informational text and in, in fiction when that's not what's going to be on the star? Because if it's based on social studies and science, that's nonfiction. Those are the things we need to be focusing on. Yes, you may have something where you have to compare and contrast nonfiction and fiction. Of course, we're going to have those. Of course, we're going to teach that, but not in isolation. They need to understand. How come we can't have a nonfiction test that's based on social studies or science? There's a lot of people making up stories that seem real, that sound real. We need to be exposing them to those things so that they can have a better understanding of what's going on on these tests and have a better understanding of making connections to regions and areas that they don't even know anything about. You do that through reading, but reading through social studies. Those are things we need to be working on. Those are the areas that we need to try to get to um, to make sure our students are getting everything that they need. Everything that they need, not just a, a byproduct of what it is that we think they need. Oh, this is what we're gonna do. This is how we're gonna do this, but what do they need? Can they do that? Can they do this? Make it work for them. Stop doing what, what's best for the school and the district. What's best for the kids? Every kid is not the same in every building in the district. We have to stop treating everyone like we can put a Band-Aid on it and keep moving. We got to stop acting like everyone is learning the same way. Everyone is grasping it the same way. I have so many students who are in my room who are not doing anything because they're bored. Because the curriculum is just set up to be taught one way. 
and then you want to differentiate and just pull from something and do this. No, be in it, be innovative. Allow them to be creative, create something. The one thing I noticed that the only thing that they've done since I've been there was the all about me um, foldable that we had them do. They don't do projects. I remember having my kids doing um, what those not not foldables, but those interact the, the boxes where the dioramas. That's what it was. They had to take apart from a story in the social studies and create a diorama. I remember having my students do that with um, when we were doing the thirteen colonies. They were all different. Each region had something different. They had different areas, different things that they grew. Each one had to pick an area that they wanted to, and they had to depict that in a diorama. How would I survive in this air, in this, with, without food, without um, water, without being able to grow stuff? If, if this soil over here is not conducive for growing things, how am I going to survive in this area? My kids could do that. They made mobiles of things that happen in social studies to hang from the ceiling, especially when I taught the constitution, they had to do a mobile for the justice system, the judicial system, or should, yeah, should I just say the government system, you know, the three branches of government, they had to create a, a, um, a hanging mobile of that, putting the practice, putting learning into practice, making it practical. Why do I need to know this? What do I need to know? They had to do that, put that together, make it make sense. Yes, you have this, the judicial branch, you have the legislative branch, you have Congress, you have the House of Representatives, you have the justice, checks and balances. How does that all work? Who has control? Who has the power to veto? All of those things they put on a on a little hanging, a hanger with all the little pieces hanging down as to who did what and how it worked in the checks and balances. They put it into practice and they knew it. When it came time for them to take the Constitution, they knew that part. The amendments, I had them do activities with the amendments. How do you know your rights? Our kids don't even do that. They don't even do that here in Texas, which is sad. I've never even heard of them even teaching the constitution or anything about the executive branch and the legislative branch. Who are they even teaching that anymore? I know they're not in fourth grade. When I taught sixth grade, it was in there and I taught it again in eighth grade. So what are we doing? We need to be preparing our students for the future. We need to be preparing them for the next level. We need to keep it real because our kids do not know the things that they need to know to be successful, to be fruitful and multiply, to be able to make it in society. It's scary. And keeping it real, this is where we are. This is where we are and keeping it real. So let's try to get back to the basics so we can teach our kids so they can be ready. All right. This has been my soapbox. This is your girl. Uh, thank you for coming in and listening. Please like, share, click, and you know, subscribe. Share it with some other teachers and let them know things are coming. Um, my anthology is coming. It's coming together. So um, I put out some 
some ads to get some people, teachers. If you want to write a story, if you don't want to have to publish a whole book and you just want to write a story in anthology, hit me up in my DM. Let me know. Send me a message because I'm getting ready and I'm sending this out and I'm trying to get as many teachers as I can. I'm looking for 200 teachers and I'm hoping I can do this. I'm asking for 200, but let me get what I can. I want everybody to be able to write in this anthology who wants to write in it. Try to be a part of the first annual anthology because I can get 200, but everyone might not, might not buy in to be a part of the anthology. So if you're interested, hit me up. So when I start sending out information, I can send it to you. Send me your email. Let me know where you are. Um, any other teachers that you may know, even if you don't want to do it, if you know a teacher, you know, send me their information or give them mine. Tell them to hit me up in my DM so I can so they can be a part of it and get the information. All right. But that will be coming coming forward. And I'm excited about that anthology. I am because when I look around, there isn't one for teachers. We have stories to tell and you can do it without having to write a whole book. You can just write a chapter in the anthology. So I'm looking forward to this and I'm looking forward to those who are going to join me in this journey. And I am excited about it because I know it's well needed and I know it's going to take off and people are going to love it. So if you want to be a part of it, you want to be on the ground floor, the first edition, please hit me up in my DM or send me a message uh, attached to this uh, wherever you see it. And I'll be more than happy to, to send you the information. All right. Thanks for joining me. This is your girl, Dr. Yvonne, the teacher that talks. And I'm out. Peace. Hello. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed Teacher Talk Tuesdays with Dr. Yvonne. Tune in next time for more incredible stories, struggles, and triumphs.